Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside the Borough, the FAU podcast for and by fans. Uh, welcome to season six, season six of this crazy little show that we've been doing. Uh, really excited about that. As always, uh, I am joined uh, by Shane and Jack, and uh, we've got a, a really exciting, uh, lots of exciting things planned for you guys this year. And um, so we're uh, we're looking forward to, to what we can do this year. So um, tonight we're just gonna we're just gonna go over uh, really camp to to kind of get started. Shane, since you've kind of been uh, been out at camp more than anybody. What is uh, what, what's been kind of your report for uh, for FAU this uh, this camp so far? Uh, everything I've kind of heard is really positive. You know, obviously camp early on is very positive. It was getting to the issue everyone kind of wants to hear about. I think Chris Robinson is looks really good. Uh, you know, he's Lane mentioned in his press conference today that uh, that he seemed a lot. He seems a lot more composed even after missing the spring that he's kind of jumped in. Uh, you know, I, I believe it was Jake uh, who was asking the question and, you know, Lane pointed out that he didn't, he didn't know if it was because of everything that happened in the off season that was kind of maybe the final step he needed in maturity or that he's just not a redshirt freshman first year starter anymore. That this is kind of, and maybe it's a combination of both things. I do believe that, you know, I know I said that last year and Lane kind of pounded this all off season that, you know, anyone who went to any of the fan, uh, you know, uh, paradise tour things, Lane kept saying, you know, we get distracted by the Tua's and the Trevor Lawrence's and the Jameis Winston's, all these young freshman quarterbacks that do well. Uh, but we forget that still most freshman quarterbacks, uh, don't perform well. He had his ups and downs last year. I say to people, you know, some people uh, question Robinson's kind of like toughness or uh, I don't want to say like how he, how serious he treated the game because of his dancing. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how injured he was last year. Maybe that ankle injury he had through the middle part of the year where he couldn't start against Louisiana Tech, kind of tried to come back versus FIU and wasn't right. Uh, that was a really bad high ankle injury. Uh, and he tried to tough it out. So he kind of fought through all of that along with a really tough schedule. You know, if the positions around him, which we'll talk about more, uh, get to a certain level, I'm expecting a really nice season from him. Well, Shane, is, is there like a certain position that you see right now at camp that's probably has you worried more than any other? People have made a lot of the receiving core. Uh, and, I, you know, we've talked about this, and it's been on people keep asking about freshmen. I, you know, a lot of the writers uh, have pointed out what a good camp John Mitchell's had. And John Mitchell is someone we've talked about who made catches and scored as a true freshman, but he's had trouble staying healthy. Uh, he's looked really good this camp. Uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that could be a threat in the red zone and catch for a thousand yards and be a solid, uh, you know, comfort to USA season. I've heard that, you know, there's a little different mindset he has this year and a confidence now that he's back fully healthy. Um, missed a whole year doing a back injury. Um, he was actually, a lot of people don't notice this on the roster. He was re, um, they have him listed as a redshirt junior now. So it seems that he was given a red shirt for missing that full year at the back. And last year he was still kind of coming back from it. 
So it seems like this is kind of that first full year back and healthy. Um, Willie Wright, we expect him to have a bounce back year. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with how the other running game is and mm-hmm. you know, expanding on those jet sweeps. But people forget he had 60 catches uh, in, in a couple of years. So, you know, he's definitely a guy that can still catch the ball down the field. I think people just think he's just a jet sweep guy. As for the other side, uh, Pico Harrison has had his inconsistencies. Uh, I know, and I was a little surprised to see how much Ian Cole, the true freshman out of Niceville, as uh, he started to get some play with the ones, uh, you know, he came from kind of a tr- more old school rushing offense attack in high school and wide receiver is a pretty big jump from the high school to the college game. So I was a little surprised, you know, to see him out there getting reps with the one. I mean, it's a really good sign. And, uh, you know, when I saw him, he's definitely, he's, he's, he's really nice physically um, you know, looks a little bigger and uh, definitely could, seems like someone who can step in and play right away. And, uh, and Jordan Merrill is also another name to watch out for, to kind of play on the other side. I think ultimately as well, I, I think they'll kind of figure it out this year. Last year, you know, they kind of just depended on Javon and then Willie got hurt. Lane said something in the press conference today too, that, you know, it's obvious they're going to flex Harrison out and he said we we should have started doing that earlier in the year last year he said that today and we just started to do it late and that's when Harrison kind of had his best numbers all year uh, to get rain involved so I think they'll kind of put that group together um, and long as they stay healthy which is the big key because still not a lot of depth there I think they'll be fine yeah the, the depth at wide receiver definitely worries me uh, we, everyone's been talking about how great of a camp John Mitchell's having like you alluded to but Willie Wright, I mean, I guess he's now the number one, but because of, of the wide receiver depth, I'm not normally a big fan of having two tight ends, but we don't have much of a choice. I, I like it. This, like, I think they can kind of ex, expand on that passing game uh, this year, getting Harrison Bryant outside instead of just kind of the same plays, you know, we've seen getting them behind line of scrimmage. And like I said, Lane said that today you know they they want to move him around more and they did it late last year if you go walk go back and watch the north texas game uh they really started expanding with harrison bryant in that game and i expected even more this year i think having um having robinson you know he, he's no longer a redshirt freshman uh second year of charlie weiss i think they also kind of saw um you know what worked and what didn't last year and also i think now uh you know uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And uh, so we don't have motor anymore. We don't have uh, so probably not as nearly a potent running attack uh, attack as we did last year. So we're going to have to think. We're going to have to do things differently. And I think having Robinson mature and really Lane, you know, it's not like Lane is going to keep throwing the same thing out there, um, you know, every single time. It, uh, he and Charlie Weiss are probably, uh, you know, are, are going to put something better together. So. Hopefully, you know, kind of from what, what you're saying is that Robinson clearly looks like the, the best QB option. And you know, that, that's fine. And last I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see every play. And I don't want to say that. I don't see every play. I don't see all the films. So Tronti is a nice, big, really athletic kid. I remember in the final scrimmage that was closed in the spring, um, they did some things offensively. And I see why they closed it, you know, at Tronti. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is the best they've looked all year. You know, this is, I saw him and, you know, he's, he's really athletic. The kid won 
we talked about this with DeAndre Johnson, but the kid won Mr. Florida in football. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Chris Robinson obviously has better arm. It has great arm talent. He is an amazing yeah. arm. We've talked about that before. I mean, he, the kid can sling the football, but you don't, you don't have to have that. And we'll see what Tronti can develop because he can, Tronti can run it and he can, um, and you know, the players like him and he's smart. So I, I don't expect, I expect the quarterback battle to go on for a while. Well, how about these, these younger guys, uh, Javion Posey, uh, you know, I, he was an athlete, recruited as an athlete, uh, came here as a quarterback from Alabama, true freshman. I saw a video on Twitter of his throwing motion during fall camp. It looked nice. It looked really nice and composed. Obviously, I'm just watching a, you know, a six-second clip, but it looked nice. You also have uh, uh, Justin uh, Adger. Agner, thank you. I'm thinking of Anthony Adger, the basketball player. Uh, yeah, he, he's the, the transfer from Kent State. He had some injury issues while he was there. W- what do you think about those two guys? So well, Agner's still getting reps with the first team. I mean, Lane's still keeping that battle open. Right. Uh, you know, I think he's trying to – we've been through this with Lane. Um, I think the other two have kind of clearly separated themselves. Um, Javion Posey's still really young. It's, it's hard to tell. Um, you know, they split the fields when they do practice with the younger and older guys. So, uh, to be honest, I haven't seen much of them. I know they really liked him coming out. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Little John has not been out there. Lane said something today. It was with numbers or something like of that nature. I guess we'll just kind of have to see where that goes. Uh, <laughs> I would be surprised if he's back. Um, possibility Cordell Little John. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks transfer. I mean, it, yeah, that's I, I'm not reporting it, I'm just not. It's just weird that it's the fall camp and he's not with the team and he's a scholarship quarterback. I so I don't know. Lane, Lane said he they expect him back though, so maybe there's a little bit more to that story. I don't know, I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, but you know, I they like their quarterback room, you got to think. So if Robinson comes back after missing the spring and everything that's happened, and at the week before the Ohio State game, the coaching staff feels he's the best option, that means he probably really earned it. You know, I mean, Agner and Tronti had all the reps all spring, came into the fall as you're, you know, getting number one and number two reps every chance to prove it. If Robinson goes and takes it from him, I mean, that's, that's kind of a big step in my eyes. I, I wonder if that would still be the case if DeAndre Johnson or even DeAndre Francois came on over. Who, who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I don't like to speculate with Francois here. That, Where did he end up? Um, yeah. Or Texas Southern might've been. Actually, might've been Texas, Texas Southern. What, Texas Southern. Uh, an, another newcomer that I think uh, that many Owl fans are, uh, are familiar with that uh, don't really like is Brent Stockstill. I know when I saw that headline saying the uh, the former quarterback from Middle Tennessee State who beat FAU what every every all four years except for one. Um, he only uh, started two though. That, oh, well, that doesn't really say much for us. <laughs> yeah. um, no, we because uh, we beat we beat them in two two thousand seventeen when the other quarterback was starting. It was right. The first yeah. Time. And then, uh, then oh, yeah. the Charlie Partridge game where they just had a receipt. They were just snapping the ball to receiver. Yeah. Right. Richie James was the. Yeah. 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 Well, that's. Uh, <laughs> so, 
he he joined the staff, which I, I think is is exciting. I mean, he he was a very good Conference USA quarterback. Um, you know, kind of similar in a way to Driscoll. Wasn't going to wow you with anything, but very smart. Um, certainly knows the conference very well. So if you know, if there was going to be a quarterback uh, from Conference USA that was going to be joining us, I, I'm I'm not mad uh, at the move for sure. I think it's a good move. I mean, it didn't have to be him, like. <laughs> Dude, I, I there's there are no words like there's there's no player in Conference USA football that has given me more grief uh-huh. than Stockstill and, and and the Stockstill family. I, the, Lane said in the off season at one of the things he said, you know, in, in FAU was people really get on with life. It's FAU, despite all the issues, we were 14th in the country in total yards per game last year. Yeah. I mean, the offense moved the football. And Lane said, well, we just got to be better in the red zone and third downs. I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple. Um, and, and I'm not saying he, it's, he has a lower coach level. Lane talked about it. he's very limited in how much he can do with NCAA rules and how much he can interact with the players. I don't know those, all those rules. Um, when you're not one of the main 10-man staff, you have all the GAs and other assistants and analysts have – I guess time limitations and how much they can actually do with the players. But man, if there was a quarterback that was better on that made your hair pull more <laughs> on converting third and eight, Jeez. third and seven, that just you think you have them. I mean, we know about the you know the two point conversions, but I remember watching the game last year where they were playing Marshall on Friday night. In March, Middle Tennessee got penalized twice i mean it was first and 35 and middle tennessee got it to like a third and 12 still and stock still just made your typical rollout run you know kind of like finds he always just finds somebody past the first down marker and yeah if we could get five percent of that into just converting um you know kind of some of those nothing plays into something because that's what i think the offense was really missing last year. Everything seemed like it had to be schemed. Like the plays had to be perfect. There was not much. There's nothing here. Somebody just go beat their man and convert a third down. Um, it was either motor just, we got it moving. The holes were big. We were scored points or there was nothing. And when we needed to somebody just go up and beat their man or roll out and find it. We have three more wins if we convert. I mean, just think of the middle yeah. Tennessee game itself. You know, on the play that was reviewed, if we just convert that third down, yep. you know, we, we played we played a lot behind the change last year, and it, yeah. and it it really felt like we'd have some momentum, something would go wrong, and the drive would be over. There was no like, I guess for lack of a better term, adaptability, or like you said, Shane, nobody go out beat their man and convert a third a third and seven, third and six. Like that last year, you know. Play play gets blown up at the line of scrimmage. There's a, a false start, holding or something like that, and then you you just kind of knew, okay, well we there's no coming back for this. But when the offense was running, when it was, uh, you know, running really smoothly, we were almost uh, unstoppable. That drive where we get the penalty and everything's just over, uh, that happened so much. That was our very first drive of the entire season at Oklahoma. We're driving the ball down the field. We're in Oklahoma territory, and all of a sudden, you have that brand new chop block oh, yeah. Yeah. on a screen rule on Harrison Bryant. He's like this. I have no idea that's even a rule now. 
Uh, and it's now what, third and 13, we got sacked or something. We're outside of field goal range. And then literally the whole season from, <laughs> from that opening 90 seconds just plummets. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it just seemed, Lane said that. He said that all off season. I know we're kind of regurgitating a lot when we talked about last year. He said everything that could go wrong, all the little things in the game went wrong. A lot of those little things changed this year because I don't think Conference USA is very separated talent-wise. And I think our schedule works out really favorable this year. Uh, but I think there's probably a little bit more focus on the details. And Dan, you, you said it well when it's like, but the necessity thing, it's like they can't lean on those guys anymore. So everyone else has to kind of step up. Um, one guy that was interesting to talk to was uh, James Charles today, who everyone's kind of raving about. B.J. Emmons, I, I think that guy looks like he went to Alabama. Um, he, he's a bulldozer out there. Yeah. Uh, James Charles, though, people you know that he's got a lot of credit for the guy that's kind of stuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I asked him a question today. He went to St. Thomas Aquinas. And he said, you know, I asked him, I said, you kind of, did you kind of have that attitude? You have to earn and kind of wait your turn coming from a high school like St. Thomas where, you know, there's, there's no singular star. You mean a backfield with two other four star kids. And he, yeah, he was a, he was a backup at St. Thomas. Yeah. So, I mean, but any other high school, he would have been a starting running back that probably yeah. ran for 1200 yards in Broward County. Um, so, and he's had a great camp, uh, and the quarterbacks say they just trust him. He's a good blocker. He knows, always knows to be in position and he's looked good. He's bigger and faster. Uh, you know, I expect a big season out of him, but you know, it, it just kind of little things like that, kind of the names we don't know yet. I expect to have nice seasons. You, you, de- you definitely got to think that he's after watching motor uh, and Kareth white the past few years, he's probably like, you know, really, really chopping at the bit to to make the most of it. So that's good that I'm I'm happy that he uh, he did stick around. So, I mean, he he easily he he said some he said he talked up the offensive line today. He's like, and we were kind of talking about this free show on how much experience has come back. And Brandon Walton's definitely a leader on the team. Another guy players seem to rave about, and you know, some people on the form they don't want to see. But Junior Diaz gets talked up all the time they said he's probably the smartest guy in the football team you know quarterbacks have talked about the trust they have in him knowing that he can help them out and get them in the right lineup at center yeah is it's it's really big he's back and yeah, um i agree i i think the line even if calvin ashley doesn't you know doesn't get ready by week one i know the coaches liked mark keith robinson at right tackle all last year when he was true freshman um so I expect this to be a really nice offensive line this year too. Yeah. So really, the the front, I mean, seven, if you will. I'm I'm including the tight ends uh, with Harrison Bryant and John Rain are all pretty much all pretty much returning, save for. John well, you lost Reggie Bain, but you kicked Brandon Walton over. So it's a, yeah. you know Walton. I I said this last year. He was our best offensive lineman last year. Well, I and mean, he's been he's playing better. since freshman year. Yeah, I and mean, the guy's just he, – he's just been a pillar. Um, and we kind of saw this. You know, you look for – you want a repeat of 2017, look for some of the ingredients. What was the main ingredients I talked about the difference last year? Well, you had this – these two guys 
Antonio Woods and Roman Fernandez, who have just been at FAU for a long time, experienced yeah. veterans, smart alignment. You know, they're not – neither of them are in the NFL right now. Antonio Woods, I believe, went on to be a doc, like went to medical school and stuff. Um, he's got a veteran offensive lineman that has just been here, and they, they had a great year blocking. And I see a lot of those type of similar ingredients this year. So the offense could be in decent shape then. It, um, Lane did say the defense is ahead of the offense, which I'm a big believer. It, it always should be. I mean, they see the same plays every day. Um, right. The defense is – there's it's. I don't know who's playing D-line next year, but they got a lot of good D-tackles, a lot of veteran guys. They've, they're five, six deep in the middle, which is rare in Conference USA. That's the hardest thing to find, Yeah, defense alignment. You can you can uh, always get DBs. In yeah, the I mean we we got more DBs out there than um, outside corners. Are a little there's a little tough depth there. Um, once you get past Miko Dotson, made a few nice plays today, which he's nice to see him. I you know that was Georgia Tech transfer went to JUCO, missed all last year. He looks good out there, but I mean they FU has more safeties, good young safeties than. <laughs> Then they can play. I mean, if we could just yeah. play twelve safeties out there, I, I would at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amani Adams and Amon Ross. Oh uh, uh, yeah, TJ Young. TJ Young was making plays today. Um, I mean, they're those are the leaders of the. Another guy we talk about sticking around is Devon Brown, who kind of yeah. didn't even really play. You know, was buried behind a lot of guys. Yeah. The second half of last year, he is a leader on that football team. I, yeah, I'd say he's one of the leaders in the se- on the defense and in the se- definitely the leader of the secondary. You know, it's a lot of veteran guys there. Um, I he's gonna be he's gonna have a Jalen Young type junior year. Nice. It's a little early prediction of it. I think Devon Brown is going to have a huge year. I, I'm not expecting the defensive backs to miss a beat, whatever. Just despite losing some talent back there. Uh, it's just we're just going to reload. And that's something that a program like us should be able to do year in and year out when it comes to DB level. In Palm Beach County, bordering Broward County, just taking these DBs, coach them up, the amount of depth that we're going to have. Well, I mean, if, if anyone in the conference. So if, if you follow my recruiting coverage, you could see what they're doing early. I mean, Charles Toombs uh, from Immokalee, you know, the kids they're bringing on campus. It's a lot of, you know, they, they kind of have a plan. They get a lot of these – local young DBs to commit early, kind of lock up, and then they kind of, you know, spread their recruitment throughout and that they're working on these kids. But, you know, that's <laughs> – there's a lot of talented DBs in Florida. That's not a mystery. And I, I know we're not really want to talk about, you know, what's going to happen this season quite yet, but I'm just going to say this. I tweeted this out, I think, yesterday. I, I saw a video of UCF's new quarterback, Wimbush, the Notre Dame transfer. Remember UCF? Lost our first quarterback, uh, uh, McKenzie, uh, because of that horrific leg injury. Then they lost their second quarterback in the bowl game when they lost to LSU. Now on their third transfer, saw him struggling a little bit uh, in fall camp. And I'm just thinking, if he's overthrowing these receivers like he is. Yeah, I mean, I think you're taking a little bit too much. I don't, I don't care. I'm just like hurricane fans right now. You're breaking down a one Nate Martell throw from the first night of – Man, I'm, I'm just ready for – They've got – UCF's got receivers and running backs that are extremely – We'll yeah. talk about that game when we cross that bridge. 
but their receiving core is, I'd take that whole second string. <laughs> their the receiving core is it, man. Let me imagine it's on Gilbert. Don't, don't talk yourself into that one yet. Um, we'll get there. Not quite yet. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. You know, we'll, next thing we'll, you know, we'll you're going to be like, well, Justin Fields struggled at Ohio State practice today, I read. You know, and I'm like, uh, you know, they have cyborgs at receivers. And we'll talk about <laughs> Yeah. They do. I mean, we'll, so, we'll, we preview Ohio State. I started really diving into them. And, you know, I didn't know everyone could be 6'4", 200 pounds and run up. Four four. It's right. It's a semi pro football team. <laughs> it's, it's, I know we want to talk a little about you know the seat movement. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of moving the student section. I don't know what you guys kind of thought of that. I know there was a lot of talk on that on the board. So so to to clarify, they they're moving to where are they moving from and to? They're moving the students. So obviously with. Um, so the students originally, this is the third student move. So they yeah. be in the south end zone, which some people say was the design of Howard, which isn't, that was never the case. So they moved them closer to the rat's mouth so they could enter. The theory right. was now is let's put them on the sideline, which was just allowed by in Conference USA. So that was, wasn't allowed in Conference USA. And then they changed it where they could. Because um, North schools like North Texas used to do it. A lot of schools do it. It's not a UF does it. UF does um, it. Yeah, I've yeah. Arizona does it. There's quite a few schools who do do it, um, and they expanded the student attendance. Yeah, which um, is huge. Which it was also a little bit. We upgraded your seats, and we're going to charge you more in student fees. Yeah. Uh, uh, Walty kind of Ryan Walter ran the numbers on how much more that's bringing in. It's really about that. I do think there's an element. UCF, I think, has is a sixty thousand person school, and they have about ten thousand student seats. We're a thirty thousand seat school. I don't know if, like, on our, but you know, I know the UCF game will be close, but man, I, yeah. I don't even know. You're at a, there's not many schools who, even major Power Five schools, who bring one third of their student body to home games, yeah. Yeah. which is. I, well, I, that's why I think it's just for the UCF game. That's why I think it's it's smart, even though it's going to be yeah. all season long. Yeah, I did see the map though. There is a little overflow into the end zone. It's yeah. I, I guess we'll put it where the band is. So there's going to be some students. There's going to be a corner section, or if you're in the middle of it, there's students on either side of you. Um, so, but I do like they're getting creative. I think they'll help with noise. They'll look good on TV. Um, that, that might be another big thing about it is is the games that are televised students tend to get up for for the bigger game so a, a televised game having the students um where the cameras are going to be advantageous again kind of like jack said even if it's just for the they're moving it but even if it's just for the the one-time thing um and who knows i mean if the season goes well and the students continue to pack the section there then it's beneficial i mean uh, like i said i've been to and i'm sure you know many other people have been to uh, UF and, and sat in the student section there and uh, that it is quite an experience to be on that side of the field um, making that much noise so yeah yeah I, I I like the move I just you know we I've we put it as before I think this athletic director the Paradise Club there was another reason um, you know those cabanas they kind of had in the south that zone last year yeah we're facing the scoreboard so I think they're moving them to the other side now um, and those cabanas are like 12 grand a year um, and they want to put them down, 
I think where the students used to be. And that the those cabanas, I think uh, at the I went to the bowl game, and I'm uh, pretty sure they had the cabanas out there at that point. And it, it's just a it's a good use of space. Yeah. Um, what I was told is they're like you're gonna have a TV in there. It's like oh, I love wow. the Drakes. Your own little bar, yeah. The whole yeah. So those are the, this is, that's what we're raising money for the nest for, just to send us three yeah. <laughs> to one. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Donate, and, we, and yeah. we should mention that because because that's still going on now, right? The yes, yes, uh, yeah. So drive, we're doing so. that to send me around to high schools to help pay for this thing, all the server costs, all that type of stuff. So yeah, um, so. If you're a fan of the nest and you you like what we do, it's certainly um, you know this is the first time we're not asking for money, but you know if you feel obliged, definitely uh, definitely throw a couple dollars to the nest because it uh, it helps and and honestly there's there's no uh, there's no better FAU content and really good college football content as well. So um, and there's some big stuff coming this year that we're trying to get done. Some some big stuff coming. So yeah. So kind of on that, this year we will be on uh, multiple uh, podcast venues. So we'll, we'll be on Spotify, we'll be on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. We'll continue to be, um, continue to be directly on, on the forum through YouTube. So you know that's kind of our, uh, our, our original uh, platform and that's, that's good as well. So we're pretty excited to be able to reach you guys uh, in more ways than, than one. Uh, you know, last year we, we had uh, uh, guests on the show. We're going to keep up with that, kind of get some uh, some new uh, some new content and uh, new stuff for you guys. So it, it's going to be a good year. Well, um, unless you guys have anything else that will do it for uh, for us tonight. Again, make sure you check out FAUAllisonist.com. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes. Just search Inside the Borough. Um, you'll catch us up there. And, um, yeah, we look forward to – uh, look forward to this year and um, yeah you guys have anything else you want to add no, that's it we look forward to it we a lot of big things planned a lot of big stuff coming um, it, it's it's gonna be an exciting year we'll, we'll see how the team does uh, gonna start off 2-0 and it's gonna be great <laughs> all right well then for uh, for Shane and Jack we thank you guys for being with us and uh, we'll catch you next time <laughs>